letter number twenty two of letters written during a short residence in sweden norway and denmark this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. letters written during a short residence in sweden norway and denmark by mary wollstonecraft letter twenty two i arrived at corsera the night after i quitted copenhagen purposing to take my passage across the great belt the next morning though the weather was rather boisterous it is about four and twenty miles but as both i and my little girl are never attacked by seasickness though who can avoid ennui i enter a boat with the same indifference as i change horses and as for danger come when it may i dread it not sufficiently to have any anticipating fears the road from copenhagen was very good through an open flat country that had little to recommend it to notice excepting the cultivation which gratified my heart more than my eye i took a barge with a german baron who was hastening back from a tour into denmark alarmed by the intelligence of the french having passed the rhine his conversation beguiled the time and gave a sort of stimulus to my spirits which had been growing more and more languid ever since my return to gothenburg you know why i had often endeavoured to rouse myself to observation by reflecting that i was passing through scenes which i should probably never see again and consequently ought not to omit observing still i fell into reveries thinking by way of excuse that enlargement of mind and refined feelings are of little use but to barb the arrows of sorrow which waylay us everywhere eluding the sagacity of wisdom and rendering principles unavailing if considered as a breastwork to secure our own hearts though we had not a direct wind we were not detained more than three hours and a half on the water just long enough to give us an appetite for our dinner we travelled the remainder of the day and the following night in company with the same party the german gentleman whom i have mentioned his friend and servant the meetings at the post-houses were pleasant to me who usually heard nothing but strange tongues around me marguerite and the child often fell asleep and when they were awake i might still reckon myself alone as our train of thoughts had nothing in common marguerite it is true was much amused by the costume of the women particularly by the pannier which adorned both their heads and tails and with great glee recounted to me the stories she had treasured up for her family when once more within the barriers of dear paris not forgetting with that arch agreeable vanity peculiar to the french which they exhibit whilst half ridiculing it to remind me of the importance she should assume when she informed her friends of all her journeys by sea and land showing the pieces of money she had collected and stammering out a few foreign phrases which she repeated in a true parisian accent happy thoughtlessness eh and enviable harmless vanity which thus produced a gate de cure worth all my philosophy 
the man i had hired at copenhagen advised me to go round about twenty miles to avoid passing the little belt excepting by a ferry as the wind was contrary but the gentleman overruled his arguments which were all very sorry for afterwards when we found ourselves becalmed on the little belt ten hours tacking without ceasing to gain the shore an oversight likewise made the passage appear much more tedious nay almost insupportable when i went on board at the great belt i had provided refreshments in case of detention which remaining untouched i thought not then any such precaution necessary for the second passage misled by their epithet of little though i have since been informed that it is frequently the longest this mistake occasioned much vexation for the child at last began to cry so bitterly for bread that fancy conjured up before me the wretched uglino with his famished children and i literally speaking enveloped myself in sympathetic horrors argumented by every fear my babe shed from which i could not escape till we landed and a luncheon of bread and basin of milk routed the spectres of fancy i then supped with my companions with whom i was soon after to part for ever always a most melancholy death-like idea a sort of separation of soul for all the regret which follows those from whom fate separates us seems to be something torn from ourselves these were strangers i remember yet when there is any originality in a countenance it takes its place in our memory and we are sorry to lose an acquaintance the moment he begins to interest us through picked up on the highway there was in fact a degree of intelligence and still more sensibility in the features and conversations of one of the gentlemen that made me regret the loss of his society during the rest of the journey for he was compelled to travel post by his desire to reach his estate before the arrival of the french this was a comfortable inn as were several others i stopped at but the heavy sandy roads were very fatiguing after the fine ones we had lately skimmed over both in sweden and denmark the country resembled the most open part of england laid out for corn rather than grazing it was pleasant yet there was little in the prospect to awaken curiosity by displaying the peculiar characteristics of a new country which had so frequently stolen me from myself in norway we often passed over large enclosed tracts not graced with trees or at least very sparingly enlivened by them and the half-formed roads seemed to demand the landmarks set up in the waste to prevent the traveller from straying far out of his way and plodding through the wearisome sand the heaths were dreary and had none of the wild charms of those of sweden and norway to cheat time neither the terrific rocks nor smiling herbage grateful to the sight and scented from afar made us forget their length still the country appeared much more populous and the towns if not the farmhouses were superior to those of norway i even thought that the inhabitants of the former had more intelligence at least i am sure they had more vivacity in their countenances than i had seen during my northern tour their senses seemed awake to business and pleasure 
i was therefore gratified by hearing once more the busy hum of industrious men in the day and the exhilarating sounds of joy in the evening for as the weather was still fine the women and children were amusing themselves at their doors or walking under the trees which in many places were planted in the streets and as most of the towns of any note were situated on little bays or branches of the baltic their appearances as we approached was often very picturesque and when we entered displayed the comfort and cleanliness of easy if not the elegance of opulent circumstances but the cheerfulness of the people in the streets were particularly grateful to me after having been depressed by the death-like silence of those of denmark where every house made me think of a tomb the dress of the peasantry is situated to the climax in short none of that poverty and dirt appeared at the sight of which the heart sickens as i only stopped to change horses take refreshment and sleep i had not an opportunity of knowing more of the country than conclusions which the information gathered by my eyes enabled me to draw and that was sufficient to convince me that i should much rather have lived in some of the towns i now passed through than in any i had seen in swindon or denmark the people struck me as having arrived at that period when the faculties will unfold themselves in short they look alive to improvement neither congealed by insolence nor bent down by wretchedness to civility from the previous impression i scarcely can trace whence i received it i was agreeably surprised to perceive such an appearance of comfort in this part of germany i had formed a conception of the tyranny of the petty potence that had thrown a gloomy veil over the face of the whole country in my imagination that cleared away like the darkness of night before the sun as i saw the reality i should probably have discovered much lurking misery the consequence of ignorant oppression no doubt had i had time to inquire into particulars but it did not stalk abroad and infect the surface over which my eye glanced yes i am persuaded that a considerable degree of general knowledge pervades this country for it is only from the exercise of the mind that the body acquires the activity from which i drew these inferences indeed the king of denmark's german dominions holstein appeared to me far superior to any other part of his kingdom which had fallen under my view and the robust rustics to have their muscles braced instead of the as it were lounge of the danish peasantry arriving at sleswick the residence of prince charles of hesse castle the sight of the soldiers recalled all the unpleasing ideas of german depositism which imperceptibly vanished as i advanced into the country i viewed with a mixture of pity and horror these beings trained to be sold to slaughter or to be slaughtered and fell into reflections of an old opinion of mine that it is the preservation of the species not of individuals which appears to be the design of the deity throughout the whole of nature blossoms come forth only to be blighted fish lay their spawn where it will be devoured and what a large portion of the human race are born merely to be swept prematurely away does not this waste of budding life empathetically assert 
that it is not men but man whose preservation is so necessary to the completion of the grand plan of the universe children peep into existence suffer and die men play like moths about a candle and sink into the flame war and the thousand ills which flesh is heir to morrow them down in shawls whilst the more cruel prejudices of society palsy existence introducing not less sure though slower decay the castle was heavy and gloomy yet the grounds about it were laid out with some taste a walk winding under the shade of lofty trees led to a regularly built and animated town i crossed the drawbridge and entered to see this shell of a court in miniature mounting ponderous stairs it would be a solecism to say a flight up which a regiment of men might have marched shouldering their firelocks to exercise in vast galleries where all the generations of the princes of hesse castle might have been mustered rank and file though not the phantoms of all the wretched they had bartered to support their state unless these airy substances could shrink and expand like milton's devils to suit the occasion the sight of the presence chamber and of the canopy to shade the fortial which aped the throne made me smile all the world is a stage thought i and few are there in it who do not play the part they have learnt by rote and those who do not seem marks set up to be pelted by fortune or rather as signposts which point out the road to others whilst forced to stand still themselves amidst the mud and dust waiting for our horses we are amused by observing the dress of the women which is very grotesque and unwieldy the false notion of beauty which prevails here as well as in denmark i should think very inconvenient in summer as it consists in giving a rotundity to a certain part of the body not the most slim when nature has done her part this dutch prejudice often leads them to toil under the weight of some ten or a dozen petticoats which with an enormous basket literally speaking as a bonnet or a straw hat of dimensions equally gigantic almost completely conceal the human form as well as face divine often worth showing still they looked clean and tripped along as it were before the wind with a weight of tackle that i could scarcely have lifted many of the country girls i met appeared to me pretty that is to have fine complexions sparkling eyes and a kind of arch hoyden playfulness which distinguishes the village coquette the swains in their sunday trim attended some of these fair ones in a more slouching pace though their dress was not so cumbersome the women seemed to take the lead in polishing the manners everywhere this being the only way to better their condition from what i have seen throughout my journey i do not think the situation of the poor in england is much if at all superior to that of the same class in different parts of the world and in ireland i am sure it is much inferior i allude to the former state of england for at present the accumulation of national wealth only increases the cares of the poor and hardens the heart of the rich 
in spite of the highly extolled rage for almsgiving you know that i have always been an enemy to what is termed charity because timid bigots endeavouring thus to cover their sins do violence to justice till acting the demigod they forget that they are men and there are others who do not even think of laying up a treasure in heaven whose benevolence is merely tyranny in disguise they assist the most worthless because the most servile and term them hopeless only in proportion to their fawning after leaving sleswick we passed through several pretty towns its cold particularly pleased me and the country still wearing the same aspect was improved by the appearance of more trees and enclosures but what gratified me most was the population i was weary of travelling four or five hours never meeting a carriage and scarcely a peasant and then to stop at such wretched huts as i had seen in sweden was surely sufficient to chill any heart awake to sympathy and throw a gloom over my favourite subject of contemplation the future improvement of the world the farmhouses likewise with the huge stables into which we drove whilst the horses were putting to or baiting were very clean and commodious the rooms with a door into this hall-like stable and storehouse in one were decent and there was a compactness in the appearance of the whole family lying thus snugly together under the same roof that carried my fancy to the primitive times which probably never existed with such a golden lustre as the animated imagination lends when only able to seize prominent features at one of them a pretty young woman with languishing eyes of celestial blue conducted us into a very neat parlour and observing how loosely and lightly my little girl was clad began to pity her in the sweetest sense regardless of the rosy down of health on her cheeks the same damsel was dressed it was sunday with taste and even coquetry in a cotton jacket ornamented with knots of blue ribbon fancifully disposed to give life to her fine complexion i loitered a little to admire her for every gesture was graceful and amidst the other villagers she looked like a garden lily suddenly rearing its head amongst the grain and cornflowers as the house was small i gave her a piece of money rather larger than it was my custom to give in the female waiters for i could not prevail on her to sit down which she received with a smile yet took care to give it in my presence to a girl who had brought the child a slice of bread by which i perceived that she was the mistress or daughter of the house and without doubt the belle of the village there was in short an appearance of cheerful industry and of that degree of comfort which shut out misery in all the little hamlets as i approached hamburg which agreeably surprised me the short jackets which the women wear here as well as in france are not only more becoming to the person but much better calculated for women who have rustic or household employments than the long gowns worn in england dangling in the dirt all the inns on the road were better than i expected though the softness of the beds still harassed me and prevented my finding the rest i was frequently in want of to enable me to bear the fatigue of the next day 
the charges were moderate and the people very civil with a certain honesty hilarity and independent spirit in their manner which almost made me forget that they were innkeepers instead of men waiters hostesses chambermaids etc down to the ostler whose cunning civility in england i think particularly disgusting the prospect of hamburg at a distance as well as the fine road shade of the trees led me to expect to see a much pleasanter city than i found i was aware of the difficulty of obtaining lodgings even at the inns on account of the concourse of strangers at present resorting to such a centrical situation and determined to go to altona the next day to seek for an abode wanting now only rest but even for a single night we were sent from house to house and found at last a vacant room to sleep in which i should have turned from with disgust had there been a choice i scarcely know anything that produces more disagreeable sensations i mean to speak of the passing cares the recollection of which afterwards enlivens our enjoyments than those excited by little disasters of this kind after a long journey with our eyes directed to some particular spot to arrive and find nothing as it should be is vexatious and sinks the agitated spirits but i who received the coolest of disappointments last spring in returning to my home term such as these empathetically passing cares know you of what materials some hearts are made i play the child and weep at the recollection for the grief is still fresh that stunned as well as wounded me yet never did drops of anguish like these bedew the cheeks of infantine innocence and why should they mine that never was stained by a blush of guilt innocent and credulous as a child why have i not the same happy thoughtlessness adieu End of letter twenty two. Recording by Elaine Webb, Bristol, England.